think every business owner needs to understand and then communicate uh, to their adv- trusted advisors how COVID has impacted their business. So, uh, you know, we're asking everybody, you know, get, tell us what the impact has been. From Ray and Associates Remote Studio, this is Unsuitable, a management and financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. On this weekly podcast, thought leaders and business professionals break down complicated and mundane topics and give you the tips and insight you actually need to grow as a leader while helping your organization grow and thrive. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want access to even more information, show notes, and exclusive content, visit our website at www.raycpa.com podcast and sign up for updates. In just a short amount of time, banks have drastically changed the way they operate in hope of easing the financial anxiety in the marketplace. With commercial banks certainly being at the epicenter of a financial storm, you can't help but look at all the ways COVID-19 has affected the banking industry. With many challenges and changes, banks had the monumental task of keeping up with a slew of ever-changing demands. Today, Mike Missick, Senior Vice President and Senior Commercial Banker at West Banco in Columbus, is going to share what this experience was like from the trenches while also discussing the current state of the commercial banking industry. Welcome to Unsuitable, Mike. Good afternoon, Doug. Great to have you on, uh, as always. I think this is your is this your maiden podcast. I know it is with us. Have you done done any before? No, this is my maiden podcast. The closest thing would be a little FaceTiming with the family. So <laughs> there you go. Well, before we get started, I've got to ask you. You know, this is all all the controversy now. It looks like the uh, our, our our favorite team, the Cleveland Indians, is going to get renamed, right? So, what's your Assuming that happens, what's your name of choice? Uh, my name of choice would be the Spiders. Which, so we at least go back in history and in the late 1800s um, when, when they were horrible. Uh, I think they lost 120 games their last year as the Spiders. That's what they were called. At least the logo could be somewhat entertaining. Um, yeah. How about what's your perspective on things? No, I like that. I like that tie back to the history. And they, they actually did win a world title as the Spiders once. So uh, I think the kids would like that too. It'd be pretty cool. So I, I'm with you on that. We'll see. So obviously with, uh, with banking right now, such an uproar, you know, you and I both went through the whole PPP um, initial, uh, certainly um, panic and everybody getting their, their application in. Where, where do you stand with all of that now with the, with the PPP stuff? Has it sort of settled in a little bit and, and, and all that? I, I think it's settled in or even, you know, are waiting on the SBA to give, uh, you know, clear guidance on certain issue has, issues have settled in. So, you know, this week uh, we started taking applications again as the program got extended uh, into August. So we're back up there. We had some clients that were waiting for that to happen, and we got the official word the yesterday, day before yesterday, to that we could start taking applications again. And I, th- you know, right now we're waiting on the forgiveness side of things. We're waiting for some clarity there, um, and once you know we get that, we'll be ready to move uh, forward. And you know, obviously, our clients are very 
anxious. And we, so we get a lot of questions, you know, from people with, you know, what, you know, when the portal will be available, uh, we're going to do everybody, regardless of how their loan was approved. There's a, uh, we're, we have a online portal that they'll use to get forgiveness, uh, to make their forgiveness applications. So either of the two, the, either the expedited version or the long version. Yeah. Apologize there. We had a little, little uh, breakup, but yes, yeah, Scott, I, I agree with you. I think folks are anxious to get that uh, forgiveness application done and in. Uh, I know some of the banks have said, gosh, they're not even going to be ready until the fall. So it's kind of interesting how, how different the process is across all of the, the institutions, but, but certainly uh, a lot of anxious uh, clients out there. So glad to hear you guys are going to start that soon. Have you seen any traction at all, Mike, with some of the other uh, SBA-related programs like the Main Street Lending Program, which is direct to the Treasury, not an SBA program? That was part of the CARES Act. Have you seen any traction with any of those things at all? No. And I talked to a lot of the other bankers. The Main Street Program, really, there's a number of issues that people probably have with it. But but the biggest thing for, for our clients it ends up you need to have a little more flexibility with regard to uh, leverage, and uh, because a lot of the businesses that you know really need to use the program are in a big cash flow crunch, so their leverage is extremely high, and I yeah. think tying a, a number to that makes it very difficult, you know, for the program to really help. You know, I know Mnuchin has said there's something coming down the road, hopefully for certain industries, but really the uh, PPP program has been the biggest one. The other benefit, you know, for people have been on traditional SBA loans because there were six months of forgiveness on the payments associated with those loans. So um, automatically, so people who had SBA loans um, received some benefit there. And my understanding is depending upon the timing of closing, some of the new SBA loans will also uh, get additional forgiveness, you know, so they'll go without payments for a few months when they start. Yeah, good, good to know. It's well worth uh, exploring, certainly on on that end of things, you know. And as we think about your, your traditional commercial bank uh, relationship, and and we, we both deal with similar, you know, types of clients, owner managed businesses uh, in in various uh, industries. What are the biggest issues or, or what, what's the thing that you would tell those folks now to, to, to think about as they come back to you either for annual renewal or additional assistance, uh, thing like, uh, things like that? I mean, what, what type of stuff, uh, messaging would you give to those folks that they need to be thinking about? I think every business owner needs to understand and then communicate, uh, to their adv- trusted advisors, how COVID has impacted their business. So, mm. uh, you know, we're asking everybody, you know, get, tell us what the impact has been. And, yep. you know, there's a lot of times where you either underestimate or overestimate the impact, you know. So when you get to the details, if the clients are ready with that and say, you know, in some cases, businesses have been relatively unaffected, they've got employees working from home. You know the revenue stream has remained in, uh, remained intact. We didn't have any business interruption. Those are the kind of things they need to communicate to their uh, to their banker. I think the the other thing would be planning. 
you know, what's the worst, you know, really kind of seeing what's happened to other businesses, what happens, you know, most of my clients have been fortunate where they either have had no infections or any infections they had, they were able to isolate quickly or the employee wasn't at work. What are you going to do if it hits close to home? Do you have right. a plan? Yeah, no, I, I think that's, we, we see that too. It, it's just thinking through those scenarios and, I'm just amazed, and, and you and I go back to to banking days. You know, before I've been at Ray, I'm amazed at the sometimes the the lack of information that clients can provide uh, to their their uh, banker or surety or whoever the third party advisor is. You know, think through the kind of information that a third party advisor like yourself needs to make good decisions. You know, you guys are extending a lot of credit to to companies. So having that information available and ready to give to you, I think is is paramount and really even more important right now. Would would you agree with that? And you know, what extra information are you looking for too? The extra information really is making sure their financials are really up to date. You know, obviously there's a lot of companies that um, you and I have done, you know, done in terms of our interaction with clients, we know that sometimes they get a little behind on financials. Mm-hmm. This is one of those times you don't want to fall behind. So if somebody shows me a March financial right now, obviously I can't see any of the impact of COVID. You know, they might have had a week or two. And if they're looking at a big expansion or an acquisition, you know, you're going to need to have a forecast that says, you know, here, by the way, here's my. May or June numbers, and then here's how we think we're going to finish out the year. I mean, support your case if you really, you know, if you're really interested in in doing something. Uh, it's amazing that you know there just is no way without really having some concrete information to make a good decision. And it's amazing the number of companies who like they sometimes they don't give a lot of thought to that. And we'll get further down the road and they're like, you know what? I didn't think about all these things. Maybe I ought to hold off for 60 days and and see how things turn out before we do things. So obviously, there's other businesses that have had no impact whatsoever. But I would say for the majority, everybody's been touched. Yeah. And I agree with you. I've I've long been a strong advocate of, of planning and forecasting, you know, even though it's obviously an inexact science to have that information at hand shows a banker like yourself that at least they've thought through those things and they've given some thought to it. That goes a long way, I would think, with your credit decisioning, right? Just that companies have that kind of forethought. It does. And when, it, and when they present a package like that, it gives you the confidence that they've really thought through you know, all the potential pitfalls um, and frankly, it gets an extra seal of approval if they sit if they sit down with an advisor like you and review those forecasts with their advisor, so you can kind of uh, give them the benefit of what you've seen in other mm-hmm. uh, businesses and make sure that you know what they're showing us puts their company in the best light. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just I think having those things where you're comparing. You know, I, I sat down with a client recently who's getting ready to put together a a bank package and walking through some of the things have year over year financial comparison. You know, they, they were ready to have numbers through say June of this year, which is great to your point. You've got some uh, light shed on, on what they've done through COVID, but 
they didn't think to include, for example, last June. So you can compare, well, how does, how does this look year over year? What, what's going on? What's the change? All those types of things. Uh, you you want to look at receivable quality. You know, is, is there potential risk there? All those kind of things that, that you guys want to see and, and think through. I think it's, it just behooves every client to, to do that on a regular basis, sort of update their file. We always tell folks, have like a living audit file, right? They should have a living bank file of information ready to give you too. You know, and really having a, having a good succession plan in place to, you know, uh, making sure your banker um, understands that if, you know, that you have a good team of people to really run the company, it's not just mm-hmm. dependent on, you know, one person. And so many times we've always thought it was the, one business owner, and then you dig a little deeper and you find out there's, you know, a half dozen key individuals who can step up if necessary. It's important to communicate that. Yeah, that's a great point. So what's the what's the sentiment right now in terms of underwriting? Do you, do you feel like, I mean, certainly it's had to have tightened a, a bit since COVID started, but uh, is it still fairly uh, flexible and financing available out there for for good companies? I would. I, there's there's plenty of financing out there uh, for good companies. Um, there are certain industries that obviously we know are impacted significantly, mm-hmm. and it makes it more difficult for us to to do things. I mean, um, you think of some of the healthcare related. Uh, fields when 75% of your fatalities come from the long-term care uh, side of things. I mean, that's one where they, you know, there's a lot more questions that need to be answered. You know, if you're in a hotel or um, a rest hospitality, you know, obviously sure. people aren't traveling the way they used to. Um, even restaurants, their capacity has been reduced significantly. So, a lot of those are things that people can address in terms of the way they forecast and provide their financial information. But, you know, definitely, you know, we're, we're looking at some of those impacted industries a little bit harder than we, uh, than we did before. And um, it's just in the, the deals that are getting done are really getting done for in those tougher industries are getting done by the, uh, the people who really spent a lot of time uh, informing, you know, their banker and really probably have communicated, um, you know, on a weekly or, you know, monthly basis at the least during this entire process. Yeah, that's that's great point as well. I think, you know, one of the things we're trying to do with our business is is take this opportunity as well to to step back and think longer term. Yes, we're we're in this shorter term crisis, but but let's think longer term. How we, for example, in our business, how we serve clients, or or what types of things are really uh, important to our clients. And and my construction clients, I've encouraged them to do the same type of thing. Let's let's take a step back and think longer term. How are you approaching that with uh, your your customers and clients? Are you encouraging that that type of thought process too, or is it more like, hey, let's just we need to get through this crisis first? No, I think we're we're encouraging them uh, to do those same things. I mean, everybody, we'd all like to think that you know this is going to be over soon, 
But the reality is, as of right now, you have to look at it as if it's going to be around not just this year, but next year. So, you know, what, and, and then relatively speaking, I think, you know, you, we all hope that we'll have a vaccine or something like that that will return us uh, to normality. But I think we all in the back of our minds are thinking that whatever is normal is going to be a new normal. Yeah. Um, you know, it's inevitable with how small the world's become, you know, when you can get from any place in the world to another place in the world via the internet in, in seconds. Right. So, so how, how has it impacted the way you, you interact with clients, obviously reducing the, the face-to-face and, and all that, but have you guys adapted to, you know, Zoom interactions with clients or WebEx? How, how's, that, how's that changed? For those those commercial clients, yeah, we we've used Zoom a lot more, obviously for uh, for meetings. You know, I had a recently. You know, I had uh, uh, one other gentleman who works with me and four, four clients on a Zoom call. Uh, the the four clients were all in four different states. It's actually, in some ways, it's created a you know a time dividend for everybody because you find new ways to communicate. So instead of losing travel time, um, mm. you know, you're talking on conference calls or you're talking, you know, on a, a zoom call or a WebEx call. Uh, the other, you know, the other thing I've noticed is that um, when we've had clients that really want to meet face to face, they prefer to meet in our office, which as you know, from all your time in banking, we, one thing we never saw accepted under loan closing was a client. Right. <laughs> yeah. And the only reason you had it in the bank was because you needed a notary. Right. So, right. Are, are you rethinking the the workspace that you've got, like in your in your commercial bank group? Uh, you know, it, how how does that impact? I know we've started to think through our own office space. Are you guys doing the same? I mean, I, you know, formerly we haven't, you know, we haven't done anything with regard to it, but it really does. We're probably at fifteen percent of capacity most mm. of the time now, um, and you do really, I you know, I think the branch delivery network is still important. Although I would tell you we're servicing more clients through drive-through than we are actually in the office, but you know, you don't, you don't need to be here uh, to get your job done. So, uh, you know, once we adapted to having enough monitors and, and things like that at home, I'm sure you guys probably use multiple monitors. Uh, you know, we do too. You know, you really don't need a, the same physical Mm-hmm. presence to stay connected. And I, and I think our clients are the same way. I mean, you know, uh, most of the CFOs and owners I talk to are probably in the office 40% of the time instead yeah. of 120% of the time. Right. Yeah, in some ways, uh, yeah, I, I don't think those changes are, are going to go away. I mean, they may, you know, we may meet somewhere happily in the, in the middle, uh, as you say, it may not be 40%, but it's not going to be the Hundred plus percent, right? That folks felt like they had to be in the office before. It'll be certainly interesting. Yeah, I mean, hey Doug, on your end of things, have the lunches gone away? I mean, because I really haven't had many people who want to meet for lunch. <laughs> yeah, I mean those those types of things certainly don't occur as frequently. We're finding different ways, obviously, to interact as well. You know, we might have a morning coffee and sit outside. You know, those types of things are still happening. So. You know, over the last month, we've we've gotten out, and and you know, our audit teams. Uh, you know, there's some things that 
we have to do physically at the client. So we make sure we adhere to the right protocols and, and make sure folks feel safe. But it's, it's certainly been an adjustment. And uh, I think we're going to continue to see that, particularly, as you said, certain industries that we haven't even thought all the way through, you know, colleges and universities are facing a big crisis, uh, you know, all kinds of things and how those trickle down to those economies. Uh, you know, there's just so much more to come. So, well, this has been, been great insight. I really appreciate it. Hit them straight next time on the golf course. Or straight uh, somewhere. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll, we'll do that. And uh, look forward to having you back on at, at a, a better time, hopefully, when we can be face-to-face. We, we always enjoy doing our podcasts in the same room and uh, toasting uh, a beverage of choice together as well. So we'll have to make up for that sometime. But thanks for being on today. Thanks for having me. And if you want more business tips and insight or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable, visit our podcast page at www.raycpa.com slash podcast. And while you're there, sign up for exclusive content and show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to subscribe to Unsuitable on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to us right now, including YouTube. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another Unsuitable interview from an industry professional. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance. 